So we've been in this uh, series that we're calling Grace Appeared. This is kind of our Christmas series that Pastor Tim has been in for a few weeks and we'll continue through uh, next week as well as we think about God putting his grace on full display through Jesus. That when Jesus came, the grace of God appeared in a way that uh, it hadn't appeared before. God had certainly been gracious in the past before Jesus with his people, but the birth of Jesus brings about uh, this visual picture of God's grace like humanity had never seen but desperately needed. And so we've been saying the purpose for this series, we hope for you through the Christmas time, uh, that you would see and celebrate the grace of God through Christmas. There's all kinds of distractions. Uh, Christmas is commercialized and it's a time that we buy gifts for others and maybe you're under the gun right now because you know you have some Christmas shopping to do or something like that. Um, but I hope that whether it's with your family together or on your own, um, that you would get some time to savor the beauty of the gospel, to savor the beauty of the good news of Jesus uh, while we celebrate his coming to earth to be with us and to save us. Uh, so we're going to be in First Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. Um, Phil just read that for us a moment ago, but I'd love for you to turn there uh, in your own copy of God's Word. So if you have a Bible, turn to First Peter uh, 1. If you don't have your own Bible, we'd love for you to grab the Bible. It's in the pew rack right in front of you. Um, and if you grab one of those Bibles, you can turn to page 1014, and that's where you'll find First uh, Peter, uh, Peter chapter 1. Uh, we're going to look at verses 10 through 12, but in a moment I'm going to read starting back at verse 3 just so we get uh, a running start. Um, so at the end of this passage, it talks about the longing of the angels. As, as Peter is thinking about the impact of the gospel and what it, the impact that it has on the prophets and the angels, he describes that the angels had a longing uh, to understand, to see more, to know what the grace of God was about um, and how it was going to come about through Jesus. And so it just made me think of all the things that we long for around Christmas time. Uh, there's, there's the song, uh, the, the Christmas song that you're probably familiar with, right? I'll be home for Christmas, right? We all love to be home for Christmas. That's probably something that many of you uh, long for. And, and as the song goes, it says, if, if only in my dreams, uh, we, we long to be home for uh, Christmas. Uh, there's lots of things that we can long for. Uh, some of you uh, maybe have heard my, my family had uh, our turn with the stomach bug that's going around, and I actually stayed unscathed, so if you want to keep your distance from me, I understand, but uh, as far as I'm aware, I am, I am a healthy uh, person this morning, uh, but literally everybody in my family had their turn being sick this week, uh, and so for me right now, I long for a full night's sleep where I don't wake up to a surprise in anyone's bedroom. That's, that's what I long for. So if you want a, a picture of what, uh, what I long for, um, that's something. Uh, about 10 years ago, this time of year, Anna and I were uh, dating. We were in college, and we were at a Starbucks, um, probably pretending to get ready for finals, but just spending some time together at Starbucks. And we, we heard some teenage girls having a conversation behind us that we were eavesdropping on because it was a very interesting conversation. Uh, and in the area where we went to school, there's a pretty affluent um, area in Clark Summit, Pennsylvania. There's a pretty affluent high school area in their neighborhood, whatever. And um, so we hear this uh, teenage girl complaining um, that she, after Thanksgiving, missed out on that Christmas is coming soon feeling. 
Uh, maybe some of you know what that's like after Thanksgiving. Maybe your family has traditions. Uh, my mom often put up the Christmas tree like on Thanksgiving Day or the day after, something like that, um, to anticipate Christmas. And so there's a lot wrapped up in that. So this high school girl was um, complaining that she'd missed out on that feeling. And the reason that she'd missed out on that Christmas is coming feeling, this longing she had, is because her family traveled to Rome for Thanksgiving, and so she missed out because their tradition was changed. Yes, poor, poor girl. Um, so so may, maybe you have a longing for Christmas. Uh, maybe it's justified. Maybe it's not. Uh, but we, we know what it means to, to long for something, to just have a, have a dream, have a desire, have a hope for um, for something to happen. And so we're going we're gonna to see the angels and their longing. And my desire is that as, as we talk about the good news of Jesus, that you would have a longing just like the prophets and the angels to understand more. Even though we see what's going on, there, there's certainly more that we could uh, ponder, understand, try to wrap our minds around all that God accomplished through his son. Uh, and so I'm going to, again, I'm going to read in First Peter chapter 1. I'm going to start back in verse 3 so we can get a running start because verses 3 through 9 describe this salvation that, that we're going to then see the response of the prophets and angels to that we're going to focus our time on. But we're going to start back in verse, in verse 3. Uh, so First Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials." So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you may not have seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your salvation Uh, the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Uh, So verses 10 through 12 is where we're going to focus on. uh, Verse 10, concerning the salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were not, uh, that they were serving not themselves but you, and the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. So there is this plan of salvation that all of Scripture points towards, and the culmination takes place when the birth of Jesus takes place. God's salvation was coming for mankind, and this was God's plan of salvation for the beginning. In fact, all the way back in Genesis 3, God told Adam and Eve that there was going to one day come a deliverer who would rescue them from Satan and their sin. Um, and so I think it's really important to see this. And so you don't need to turn there. I just got on the screens. Genesis 3:15. This is God's promise all the way back in Genesis 3 that he was going to bring about a rescuer for mankind. Genesis 3:15 says, "I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, 
he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And this is a conversation God is having with Satan. And so if I could substitute maybe a little bit more clearly who the he and her are in this whole uh, verse, it would read something like this. I will put enmity between you, Satan, and Eve, and between your offspring and Eve's offspring. Eve's offspring, Jesus, shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. All the way back in the garden at the very beginning, when sin entered the world through Adam, God already had the plan of salvation in mind that he would send his son in order to bring us back into right relationship with him because Adam and Eve sinned and ever since mankind has been great at following Adam's example. Uh, And so Peter here is describing the response to the coming of Jesus. What would the prophets have thought or what did they think at the time? What did the angels think as these things were unfolding? Um, And so I think it would be good for us to look at the response that these people had, that the angels had to the, the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And so, um, so the result of God's plan for salvation had this impact, that his prophets inquired carefully to better understand how God would bring salvation. God's prophets had pictures of what was going to take place. They had been given messages from God to prophesy about the coming of Jesus, but they didn't know at that time his name would be Jesus. They knew some of the things he would experience, but they didn't know everything. They had some of the picture, they had the details, but they didn't have the, the, the wide lens photo of all that was going to take place through the coming of Jesus. Maybe it would be uh, something like, like this. Uh, anybody have a guess? Anybody have a guess what this is? Anybody want to take a stab? Got some ideas. Nobody's confident enough to yell out an answer. That's okay. All right, so let me, let me back up a little bit. Uh, snowflake. That was really good. Who said that? That was great. Yes, if I zoom out a little bit more, now we can see what it is. We zoom out one more time, and it becomes very clear uh, what this is. By the way, just a Side note, if you've never looked into snowflakes and what they look like under a microscope and you want to be more in awe of God and his creative design in nature, just look up, l- learn something about snowflakes because everyone is unique and they're all amazing. Um, and I'm, I'm a little bit of a math nerd and they're fractals and fractals are interesting. And so if that interests you, uh, then, then check out snowflakes. Uh, but the, the prophets had the zoomed in picture. They saw some of the fine details of what this Messiah was going to be, but they didn't have this full picture. They didn't know what it was going to look like for the Messiah to come. And so they, they searched and they inquired and they were wondering, how is God going to bring about salvation? All throughout the Old Testament, especially in the prophetic books, there are approximately 300 prophecies about the Messiah that was to come. Some of these prophecies clearly speak to only a future Savior. Some of them talk about both a rescuer in their day as well as pointing ahead to a future Savior that would bring ultimate fulfillment to these prophecies. There are many themes you can find in Scripture, but the main theme running from Genesis to Revelation is God's plan to restore his people to himself through the Messiah, Jesus. And Jesus himself knew this. Uh, And after he'd been crucified and he died and he rose from the dead, and after his resurrection, he appeared to many people. And the Gospel of Luke records a very interesting conversation that Jesus has with two Jewish men as they're on the road to Emmaus. They're leaving Jerusalem. They've seen Jesus crucified. They see the city in an uproar. 
They're trying to figure out what's going on. They're having a conversation among themselves. And Jesus, unbeknownst to them, begins to walk with them, hearing what they're talking about, asking them some questions. Uh, And this is Jesus' response to them in Luke 24 when they're confused why Jesus, the Messiah, had stayed dead because they didn't know that he had resurrected yet. And this is what Jesus says to them in Luke 24. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus is able to do a flyby of the Old Testament, like if you're flying uh, this week, on, we're going to be going to Iowa for for Christmas, and so we're going to be flying over the Midwest, which is all you ever do with the Midwest, right? You, You pass over it, but if Jesus was flying over the Midwest and looking down and pointing out uh, these, these monuments, these, these, these points in history that he could say, hey, look, see, that, that, was, that was me. Uh, the Old Testament prophets pointed to me here. Th- this is about me. Th- I, I would just love to have been there for that conversation to hear Jesus describe all these things concerning himself throughout the Old Testament. I think it would be fascinating. And many people have speculated all the things that Jesus might have said in that conversation. And so Peter is telling us that the prophets were trying to figure this out. They were trying to figure out when is Jesus going to come? What are the circumstances going to be? Who is the person? When is the time? What was he going to have to suffer? The prophets were given messages from God about the Messiah. Uh, prophecies about a child being born in Isaiah. We, we often quote some of these around Christmas time. Prophecies of his majestic and eternal reign on the throne of David. And prophecies of all that this Messiah was going to suffer. And the torture he would go through at the hands of his enemies and the abandonment that he would experience at the hands of his close friends. The prophets were told that all this would happen and they they inquired carefully and tried to anticipate these things so they could prepare God's people for his coming. Uh, And certainly when Jesus shows up on the scene, God's people do not respond in the way that God desired for them to embrace the Savior, to look ahead to the Messiah. So the, the prophets were trying to understand this. They were trying to get ready for Jesus' coming. And then uh, Peter talks about the angels, and, and he describes it that the angels looked longingly as they tried to understand what God was doing for humanity. Uh, I, I've shared before that at holiday gatherings growing up, I was always stuck at the kids' table, perpetually stuck at the kids' table. Anybody else here? Uh, forever riding the bench with no back uh, on the kids' table? No? Okay. Um, my, my, my family's a large family. would often get together with my dad's family around Christmas. And I always had this hope that one day I would get to the adult table. Uh, and it wasn't until I was in high school, I think, that it occurred to me that everybody's getting older at the same rate, so it's never going to happen. Um, but but I, I longed for the, the grown-up table, even though I didn't really understand what the grown-up's table was all about, you know. Um, I didn't really know what happened there. There were rumors about secret desserts that didn't make it to the public dessert table, but they were at the adult table. Uh, they had the, the fancy plates and the fancy napkins. Uh, sometimes they would even have name tags in front of their plates. The kids' table didn't get any of those things. They threw paper products at us, and that was good enough, right? Um, 
I heard the jokes coming from the adult table, and it seemed like the place that you wanted to be, but I, did, I don't really know what the adult table's about, and I'm still not allowed at the adult table. Now we just draw straws to see who's stuck at the grandkids' table, refereeing all of that, right? Um, but this, the, the angels didn't really understand, right? They, they saw what was happening with God and with humanity. They looked longingly, and they're like, man, this must be great, but I don't, I don't really understand what I'm, what I'm seeing. And it would have been, I think, confusing because the angels know God. They know what he's like. They're, they're constantly stuck in awe and wonder at who God is, and they're singing the praises of God 24-7 all day long because what else would you do when you're in the presence of the God who created all things? And so the angels see God, and then they see humanity. And they see the first humans, Adam and Eve, totally blow it. And every human since has done a great job of going away from God's design and trying to do things our own way. And so from the angel's perspective, none of this makes sense. Why would God rescue this creation that has turned their back on him? In the skit we just had, Anna did a great job being an angel. Um, there are some, uh, lots of depictions about angels, right? Whenever I think of angels, one of the first thoughts that comes to my mind is this like precious moments figurine angel that I, like my, I think my mom or grandma had growing up and I can't get the image out of my head, right? But when you think of angels, all kinds of um, uh, misconceptions maybe even come to mind. Uh, but one thing is always true when they appeared to mankind and the skit uh, t- uh, mentioned that a little bit in a funny way. Every single time an angel shows up, people are terrified. They're freaked out. They, the first words out of an angel's mouth often are, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Everything's okay. I'm not going to, I don't know if they're afraid they're going to hurt them or what, but don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And so these angels, these beings are in the constant presence of God, see what's going on. They even have a hand themselves in delivering messages to the people involved in this redemptive story, appearing to Mary and Joseph and, uh, and, and many others. And so they have this front row seat to see what God is doing for humanity. And it, and, and, in lots of ways, I would imagine, doesn't really make sense. Uh, but the angels see what God is doing. And the longing look they have to understand the gospel would be good for us uh, to learn from as they try to see what was God doing, what has he done through uh, Jesus. Uh, Paul, Paul said this in 1 Timothy 3. I thought this was, was helpful to think about. Uh, angels, that all throughout scripture, there's this picture of the angels seeing what's going on. Um, so, so Paul says here in 1 Timothy, great indeed we confess is the mystery of godliness. He, Jesus, was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. That is the nutshell of Jesus' life and his mission to save us from our sins, that he would come manifested in the flesh. And so it's interesting that in the midst of this, Paul includes a thought that he was seen by the angels, that the angels see what's going on and that they long to get it, but it just doesn't totally make sense because they've never, these angels have never been uh, outside of God's presence. They've never been separate from God. And so they don't understand what it would mean to bring rebellious people back into God's presence, but uh, praise God that he had this plan. And so the angels look longingly to better understand what God was doing for humanity. And then very quickly, I want to share this final result 
of God's plan for salvation that I think Peter highlights in the context of this passage in 1 Peter, and it's that his people now wait expectantly, knowing the salvation of their souls is secure. God's people, if you're a follower of Jesus, you ought to be waiting expectantly, knowing that the salvation of your souls is secure. Verses 3 through 9, which I read earlier, describe this hope, this future hope. And so while we go through difficulties and trials and tribulations now, if you're a follower of Jesus, you know that this physical earthly life is not the end, that there is an eternal future hope waiting for you, and it's secure because of Jesus. Because the fullness of God's grace has come. The plan of salvation has taken place. And so Peter encourages anyone that would embrace the truth of the gospel. And so my, my plea to you, if you don't belong to God's family already, if you haven't seen your need, your need to bow the knee to Jesus as the king of your life, even though we celebrate him as baby Jesus this time of year, uh, I think it would be good to be careful to not just picture Jesus as this cute uh, little Gucci goo baby Jesus that, that is fun. But Jesus came and was born that way, but he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. There is no name given among any other name by which uh, we must praise God. Jesus is the fulfillment of the gospel. And so my hope for you is that you would inquire about the salvation that God has made possible like the prophets, that you would look for and try to understand what all took place when Jesus came, Uh, that you would long for and seek to understand the redemption that God desires for all humanity. If you've never pondered these things, then this time of year is a great opportunity to consider what God did when he gave us his son. Jesus warned that many people will see and hear and know about this salvation. Maybe you've heard the story of Jesus many times. The, the Christmas story is a familiar one. Maybe your family sits around every year and reads the account in Luke chapter 2. That was always a tradition in our family to, before we opened presents, we all had to sit quietly, right, and listen to my dad read Luke chapter 2, and we didn't get to presents until then, so we all worked together to be quiet and hold our hands still so we could just get to the presents. But, uh, but there's so much more that's meant to be this time of year as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And so Jesus, knowing that people would see and hear and know these things about his salvation and not respond, uh, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 13. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have. Close, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. For you and me to be on this side of human history, we have the the gift and the benefit of looking back on what Jesus did. And the the story of Jesus and the birth of Jesus demands a response. That that, that we would either follow suit, that, that we would worship him, that we would give our lives to him, that we would see what God was always planning to do for the sake of humanity and for the sake of our sin, or we could turn away and go our own way. But the birth of Jesus demands a response. 
The gift of the gospel is a free gift, but it's a gift that we have to accept and receive. Uh, and so just this, this final thought um, as, as we draw to a close is that the, the gospel is beyond our comprehension and it's beautiful to contemplate. It's beyond our comprehension and beautiful to contemplate. And I apologize for the alliteration. I know that's kind of wordy, but I can't help it sometimes. The beyond, yeah, anyway, you see it. Um, the, the gospel's beyond our comprehension and beautiful to contemplate. There is so much that won't make sense to us as we think about the God who created all things coming down to us. And, and there is much that we can consider and remember this time of year. And so again, I hope that you would set aside time to worship Jesus, to think about all that took place when he sent his son. And so let me just give you some main points of the gospel for you to ponder through Christmas. And it begins with the fact that God is holy and perfect. And to be in his presence requires perfection. Uh, there's a kid's book that says it well, I think. Only perfect people can be in the presence of a perfect God. And we are sinful. Humanity, me, Pastor John, I, I, have, I have my own sin problems, believe it or not. Uh, I'm cursed by sin. We are cursed by sin. We willfully run from God and pursue things that we think will make us happy instead of trusting that what God says is true. And we can't make up for our sinfulness. If your aim is to remove the stain of your sin by your own works, you can't do it. I have bad news for you. You can't do it. It doesn't matter how many Christmas gifts you buy for other people. It doesn't matter how many uh, poor people you serve through the holiday seasons. It doesn't matter how much money you drop in the bucket for Salvation Army at Walmart's front door, whether you feel guilty and you do that or not. Uh, those things don't matter if your aim is to remove the stain of sin from yourself because there's no amount of good that we can do. We need help. That's the bad news of the gospel. But the good news is that grace appeared through Jesus. Jesus came down from heaven. The king of kings came down to earth. His first night on earth was spent in the feeding trough that they had to steal from the animals. The king of kings. This humble man was perfect in every way, fully kept God's law. And for that, his people killed him. They put him on a cross, they tortured him, and they killed him. And he went willingly. He knew what was going to happen. And the angels didn't get it, and the prophets couldn't have fully understood all these things that were going to take place, but Jesus loved people enough to die for us while we were stuck in our sin. And Jesus didn't just stay dead, but he rose from the dead, proving his power over sin and death, and proving that he truly was the Messiah that the prophets had pointed towards, the ones that angels would be servants of and messengers for. And perhaps the most precious truth of all in the gospel is that it is freely available to all people. That is the mystery of the gospel, that all people can be recipients of God's grace because God's grace isn't given on the basis of your good works or your upbringing or your bank account or your church attendance or keeping your own personal moral code intact. God's grace is given freely to anyone who would see their need for Jesus and cry out to him for forgiveness because they believe God when he says there is no other way. And if you do that, God doesn't just change your life, but he will use you to be part of someone else's life-changing story if you'll let him. That is a beautiful gospel that is worth spending the rest of your days trying to wrap your mind around. Let's pray. Father, I'm thankful for you. Again, I'm thankful for this plan of salvation that you always had in place 
to rescue your people who would sin and rebel against you, us today who far removed from the, uh, the time of the Israelites in the Old Testament still act in a very similar rebellious way. Uh, we often pursue what we think will make us happy. Um, and God, I'm so thankful for your patience with us, that you desire to have us turn from our sin, that you could heal us from this stain of sin. And I'm so thankful for your son, Jesus, and his willingness to come to earth and to die on the cross for our sins. And so as we, as we celebrate the coming of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us this Christmas season, God, would you reveal yourself to us? Uh, I pray if there's somebody here that has never uh, contemplated the gospel, they've never really thought about the bad news of the gospel, that we are all separate from God on our own, uh, but the beauty of the gospel, that if we would just trust you, believe you, believe what you say about Jesus and his sacrifice to pay for our sins, that you would bring us into your family. God, I pray that, uh, that we would see that, uh, that you would give us opportunities to savor the beauty of the gospel this Christmas season. Uh, we want to pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.